0: Hi there, I'm Tavin Allen and Elman. welcome to Okay, so here's one, a podcast celebrating street jokes. You know what street jokes are? Two priests are in a jail cell. That sort of thing. Street jokes are wonderful and every episode we invite our guest to come on and tell us their favorite street joke. Now this episode, our guest is magician Justin Willman. You might know him from his many television appearances on Conan, James Corden, The Tonight Show. Uh, He has a television show, three seasons available, of Magic for Humans. Make sure you check that out. Uh, I have. It's wonderful. He's currently on a huge North American tour with Canadian dates at the Vogue Theater in Vancouver on February nineteenth, and the Avalon Theater at Fallsview Casino in Niagara Falls, February twenty-fourth. So for tickets uh, to those and his other dates in the U.S., you can go to justinwilman.com/tour. There will be a link in the show notes. In terms of some of my shows, here's the big one: Write 'Em Up is coming to Ottawa. So if you're in the nation's capital area. February 29th, that's the last day of the month, on a Thursday at 8.30pm, we are at Absolute Comedy. You know the drill. I host a comedy show where five of Ottawa's top comics come to the stage and perform. While they do, I've got a team of writers writing roast jokes about everything that comedian does. I dismiss the comedian, I grab the roast jokes, and I read them to you, the audience, verbatim, providing anonymity and emotional distance for the writers. It is the... Funnest show in YOW. So make sure you call Absolute Comedy for tickets. Uh for more information you can go to hey, com slash calendar. Now, without further ado, please welcome Justin wilton Hello. Hello, Justin. Hey. <laughs> Wait, you'll see me in there a moment. There we moment. go, there Boom. We there. He appears. How's it going? Not too bad. How are you? Pretty good. What the oh, heck is that?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> 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 That's the best. Pay no attention to the man, oh it's my man God, and the man
0: that is stellar did that did that come as a kit or does someone make it for you? How did you do that? This was from uh a trick I did on magic for humans this, okay. this amazing
1: Lego artist Nathan yeah. Saway, okay uh like tours with this whole art exhibition I was wanted to do a trick where I turned myself into Lego, so right. got him to agree to make that for me
0: that's right for the <laughs> that's trick right okay and
1: course he he required me to purchase it from him if i wanted to keep it so uh so
0: i did sweet yeah actually it's it's, it's funny you mentioned because as soon as you said that i was like oh yeah because uh, during the pandemic watch magic for humans uh oh nice thank you fantastic it's a fantastic show i thank you um for, for darcy have you seen it yes i have yeah, yeah. it's uh, so here's something that i'm just going. I'm i'm gonna tell you right now uh, I am unlike an awful lot of my comedian peers and uh, compatriots. I enjoy magic. It is one of the things I absolutely adore. I could watch. Uh, uh, um, we were down in Vegas. A whole bunch of friends of ours down on um, what's the old street called? Fillmore? No, not Fremont. Tremont. And uh, this guy was just doing card you know, close, close hand magic. And I just Mm -hmm. stood there and I like three, four, I watched the same tricks over and over again on a loop. And the guy just keeps looking at me as like, I can watch you all day, pal. I can just (laughs) love it. Love it. I love it. You're you're a magic lover. I do. I don't. Okay. So, Yes, there's a what prof- about the mix? What about the mix show? What do you mean the mix show? Like the comedy show that's half magic? Oh, those guys can fuck themselves. But seriously, no, 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 <laughs> um, no. Like, like if you've got comedic chops, like here's the thing: uh, I know tons of comedians. None of them are magicians, right? Uh, right. And I have seen some magicians who, let's be fair, aren't comics. If you mm-hmm. can bridge that gap, if you can make it just. It's it's like, if you can make one kind of close to the other, like, just enough to pass, like, I, I am all in. Like, I am not expecting riveting, groundbreaking, George Carlin-esque, non-AI version comedy from a magician. Yeah. <laughs> what yes. I am expecting is something that's going to blow my mind, and nine times out of ten they do. It's just, Yeah.
1: But you, yeah, magicians, magi- you know, it's like pick a lane, you know, be a little self-aware mm-hmm. if you are hilarious, right. then combine the two, but, but magic on itself, it's kind of like, yeah, you almost, it, sometimes bad comedy really diminishes good magic. Yes. Right? It's like, no, you're taking me out of it, man. Right. Please just mm-hmm. do the card trick. Cause magic makes you laugh when yes. you're amazed. Like you're, I'm, I'm sure it's like, Whoa. you know, it's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. funny to be amazed. Right.
0: I I, like for me, like the the equation is so similar to comedy in that, you know, the 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 blow of the of the trick is uh, is the punchline. I mean, like that's that's why you have that reaction to it. It's the surprise. Right. But there is kind of like that feeling of kind of music to it as well, where I can watch and rewatch, as I've told you, the same trick over and over and over again, just like a song. But when you do a joke, it's like, ah, the surprise is gone. That's. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So
1: although it is fun to watch a comic who can deliver a joke where like like Louis CK can mm-hmm. his material seems very like unrehearsed and raw yes. and you know, like the 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 pacing and the timing
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh feels like wow, it's never gonna happen exactly like that again. Right. And then you want, then you realize like, no, it is exactly that right. every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah, is, yeah,
0: yeah. It is meticulous. Yeah. It is It is one of the most wonderful things about comedy is like when you watch like a new comic kind of growing up and, you know, the first time they see like the headline act doing the exact same show at the 1030 and they go, oh, they can do that? It's like, yeah, Norm Macdonald famously, when he started out, didn't know that you weren't able to work on material. He just kept showing up at every open mic with new material that was still great because he was brilliant but, like, someone finally pulled him aside and go, You know, you can work in your other jokes. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, oh, yeah, good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can do your A material. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, just speaking of it, just to get off of this in, in terms of like the spontaneity or stuff like that, you know, uh, have you ever seen David Tell? Yeah. So, his yeah. his show Insomniac, they would show him going to. One, this is what makes him one of the best joke writers on the planet as far as I'm concerned. They would show him at the beginning, he's going doing his his sets in New York, going up on different shows. And he would do in the show the same setup, but four different punchlines at four different venues. Oh, wow. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I can <laughs> barely good. write one. Uh-huh. Barely. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I can fake it. Um, so what – so – where did you start? Like, what's, what's your, what's the, uh, let, let's get into the boring stuff that we can get out of the way first. The origin story. Yeah. yes. Yeah, so what's the origin story? When did Justin enjoy a deck of cards? Well, um, so true story, when mm-hmm. I was 12, yep. I was riding my bike
1: while also wearing rollerblades, okay. which seemed like a good idea at the time, trying to impress some girls, fell it off. Belts the and
0: braces, belts and braces. Yeah.
1: <laughs> fell off pretty hard, caught myself with my arms and then broke both arms in that Beautiful. moment. So I was in cast for six months Jesus. and uh, my doctor recommended learning card tricks mm-hmm. as physical therapy. Oh, and my okay. parents bought, bought me a magic kit, bought me some books mm-hmm. so with the cast on, you know, with the, whatever finger movement I could, you know, and I was a captive audience. So I just fell in love with magic. I, I think I would got a magic kit when I was seven, didn't mm-hmm. have the attention span for it, lost all the parts, came back to it then when I was 12 and just never let it go. So that was, so I literally, I, I became a magician by accident Mm -hmm. at first. And then, um, I loved the, uh, the entrepreneurial aspect of it. Like I started doing shows at kids birthday parties or walk around gigs at a Denny's was my regular gig. And I just loved my parents, my dad, especially loved the idea that it had kind of this business. You know, he was very, you know, he, he supported the magic, but always, you know, supported, uh, some way to use whatever it is you love to support yourself, to make mm-hmm. a, you know, to make a living off of it. So I was doing kids' birthday parties at 14, 15 around St. Louis, had business cards, had a mm-hmm. briefcase, <laughs> had a suit, you know, had a pager by 16, you know, to <laughs> to field those calls. And uh, been doing it ever since.
0: You're that close to being a teenage insurance salesman. Yeah, that's awesome. So when, as, as you were kind of building these out, like the 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 show like when like at what point did you go okay now I'm going to go pro like like when was that moment where you just like I don't need a day job anymore I'm now doing magic mm-hmm. that's it
1: you know I I think I always thought uh that I'm you know I'm going to go to college get a degree in something you can't get a good degree in magic right but um but i love the idea of you know TV hosting uh I was like why don't I get a degree in broadcast journalism mm-hmm. that could be a Funny weatherman or something like that, you know. But at least learn how to edit video. So I went to Emerson College in Boston, and that's what I studied there. But I also set up my birthday party business there as well, doing kids shows on the weekends. Uh, used a stage name that my mom gave me as a kid, just incredible. Come on, and uh, yeah, and uh, was gig- gigging it up. And so at that point, I was kind of like pro while in college, and then um, once I graduated college, I kind of just kept it going. So I, I was a waiter for a summer after freshman year. That was my one like mm-hmm. real job. But I, even then, I just did magic for my tables. I was a crappy waiter, but I right. was you know <laughs> would do do other other waiters tables would request me to come over, so they hated me. You know, my, the, my fellow waiter, they would they would see their table give me a twenty for coming over. And uh, so I knew I had something.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's all- so. Um, <laughs> do you like like in in my field? Like, there's obviously like you mentioned um, uh, Louis C.K. And you know, back at, before the troubles, um, he was yep. like certainly one of one of the guys that you just kind of looked up to and just went, yeah, absolutely. Like, who were, were there magicians that that you kind of went, oh, like this is one of the greats. Like, this is I I. Kn- sure. I I, th- this I saw, is this if I can do I saw this. Harry
1: Blackstone Jr. as a kid.
0: Okay, he was kind of
1: like this great, all-powerful, deep-voiced. Uh, you know, as a young kid, he was the first live magician I ever saw, and then uh, saw David Copperfield come through St. Louis. But those were both like both those guys were kind of like these godlike figures, and all the magic they did looked was so expensive, and they had mm-hmm. some, like big, you know, dancers and this and huge. Bo- so it, it, that was not tangible for me Mm -hmm. it wasn't until i discovered like that harry anderson of night court fame you Mm -hmm. know started as a magician a comedy magician i Mm -hmm. started watching his old stuff and he's just working out of a suitcase playing you know comedy magic club in la like doing comedy club venues but just working out of a suitcase and i just loved that like he was equal parts funny and magic amazing jonathan as well oh boy yes like i loved it was like I I had a Lance Burton phase. I don't know if you remember Lance Burton, amazing magician. He would do a dove act. He was like a Vegas guy oh, right, right, right. and he had some specials in my teenage years and I, I idolized him and I did a dove act for a while. It was not funny. You know, it was to classical music, silent, making doves appear. But, wow. but I, I then quickly pivoted into like, you know what I love? I love people who are funny and magic, you know, like Penn and Teller, uh, you know, had their unique brand of, of, funny and magic. Mm -hmm. It was probably, I I didn't even really get what they were doing as much as I do now when I was a young kid, but I still just loved like how anarchistic they were about the magic art form. You know, Mac King, another great comedy magician. Um, uh, Yeah. So, so just the comedy approach. And I was kind of a hacky magician in high school. And then in college I'm doing, you know, magicians often will, you know, you get a trick or you learn a trick in a book. It comes with the pattern. Right, right. Yeah. The words you say when you do the trick, <laughs> which really screws you up, screws up a lot of magicians into thinking that just that's okay mm-hmm. that that you do the trick with the words that were given to you, and it wasn't until um, you know midway through college when I became good friends with a bunch of stand up comedians at at Emerson in Boston and we were doing shows together where where I would I was finally getting called out on that, those, you know, kind of hacky lines and hacky jokes that clearly weren't mine that, uh, clearly that, that get a laugh, but not a good laugh, you know, like, you know, uh, I had to learn the difference between
0: it's, it's the like, ceremonial I, laugh it's like, oh yeah, that's yeah, where that you, happens. <laughs> you know, you get it,
1: you get a good laugh. Cause it's, you know, like a, 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 a juicy fruit wrapper or whatever, like a, you know, a Jolly Rancher with a joke in it, like mm-hmm. you can get a laugh, but it's not like, it's not a laugh. That you should put in your act necessarily, and I had to learn the difference for that. And so it wasn't until like the tail end of college that I started discarding the old mm-hmm. and kind of trying to figure out what it is it what is it I have to say what 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 are my jokes that you know are are my thing. And so it was a long process.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's it it is part and parcel like like it is the whole thing. When you mentioned amazing Jonathan, that immediately took, but rest in peace. Yes, he he was one of the guys that bridge that he was the perfect bridge between comedy and magic like he he was he was a, a funny funny hilarious comedian and then also this chaotic you know just you know b- a bag full of tasmanian devils approach to magic like it was just, it was yes. always good did you ever i'm gonna not to name drop but i'm going to anyway david mary have you collided with him no no canadian guy uh he was he was the first live magician comedian i ever saw uh, and it was when I started out in comedy, when I was in university and he was like headlining and doing the tours in the yuck yucks clubs up here. And uh-huh. he was, he was the guy that I first saw, like, you know, doing, doing the, the cutting bits with the knives and the, and the things. And, and he would, he, he kind of took that sort of anarchistic a- approach where he's just like, ha, oh, you know how it's done. It's like, boom. And then you just keep doing, but the, but the, the patter as you say is is really material and germane to to, to the whole package like like you need that yeah,
1: absolutely absolutely yeah. and uh david mary
0: m-e-r-r-y m-e-r-r-y interesting what, one of my I'll favorites look him up one of my favorites yeah. uh last awesome. time i saw him ran in he, uh, i was waiting for a flight and he just like ran literally walked by me and went tommy down i went david mary what the hell and then that was it and i hadn't seen him in years like he's just like one of those guys where you're just like wow. uh, always canada's
1: foremost comedy magician
0: i will there say is. that until someone goes what about me dick fuck like that's yep that's <laughs> the guy that's the guy <laughs> that's our fella
1: foremost well he's not saying he's the he's the one he's the fourth
0: okay there's, there's yes a third, there's a Four. third most, third most sure and a foremost guy. right uh
1: but yeah uh i th- those kind of guys i just love it like you know with the goal hopefully being that like like with Harry Anderson, for example, mm-hmm. like uh, I'm not waiting for a trick because he's so funny. Right. You know, he could do four or five minutes of just stand up and I'm, you know, loving it. And then a trick happens and I'm loving it. You know, like, yeah, I, I love when those two things can
0: coalesce. I, I actually stole. I don't know if you can call it stealing because it seems to me that there's is is there is there like a is there an honor among thieves for magicians? Like there's like yeah. it, once once you learn the trick, then you can go and do it kind of like the old pre-radio days of vaudeville, where like there was there was forty five hundred jokes and everyone used them. Is that is that right. sort of like how it works? In, I'd say in-
1: very much so. Like you know, you could see this bookcase behind me here. You know, like uh, up up top here, I've got this the, the Tarbell Course in Magic. That's like these nine books that basically every every trick is in there. Like okay. the, I mean, magic is an art form that I think behind medicine and you know science has the most like published works you know yes. there's tons in these books and uh, and you know but we're, when you think about magic tricks you know things can appear they can disappear they can float they can train change places that, you know you could it's the same like eight or nine premises that you just kind of dress up. so magicians are inherently doing a lot of the same tricks. And it's how you do it that makes it different, right? And when you do, when a magician does come up with a trick that maybe is is new or doesn't exist before, you know, they either protect it, guard it, and try to keep other magicians from stealing it, or right. they sell it. You know, yeah. they publish it. You know, mm-hmm. there's a whole there's a whole subculture, it's a whole quite a booming business of the selling of your magic IP. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. to other magicians and. um which, you know, doesn't exist as much openly, I'm sure, in, in the comedy world where someone's just like, you know, That's hey, my bit. Bits to comedy, <laughs> to other comedians. Who, yep. You know, you claim dibs. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of crossover. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so magicians get accused of stealing and lifting things that aren't theirs, you know. And who's to say when something is, when, when you've put enough of a new spin on it for it to be a new thing versus you're still doing my bit. You're just you know, you change one joke, you right. know? Um, so yeah, it's very similar to comedy in that mm-hmm. way. And in, in that, uh and that it's a lot of gray area. Yeah. And I just, a lot of independent uh, creations too, oh, sure. where people can, could-
0: I just, I just needed to know if I need to send the estate of Harry Anderson a, a check because I totally, I, I saw him. I don't know if you ever saw this. If he was on the tonight show with Carson and he did the rotating arm trick uh-huh and i was like how the fuck did he do it and i so i had it on the vcr is like frame by frame there it is it was like it was like lenny dicaprio in uh once upon a time in hollywood like there it is i got it i got it yes yes, yes.
1: And, you know um yeah i don't think you owe him my I, I, harry anderson you know i think i, I you know i, I know I, I love reading about him and hearing his story i think would he he blew up so big you know like where he becomes a carson favorite and they'll be like two weeks from now can you do another spot and he would literally like go to the hollywood magic shop on hollywood boulevard and be like uh i'll take that 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 (laughs) let me figure out what the harry anderson version of it is you know and someone like that who's a true comedic personality can pick up and like amazing jonathan can
0: pick up any trick and do it in a way different than any other magician you know they wrote him into cheers
1: i know right what a guy i know so cool
0: yeah uh, the, the 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 that's what I like about it, is like the the, the entire artistry. Because I'll tell you this. I was built to not like magicians because I was uh beaten in a televised Canadian competition. Kind of like it was like uh Canada's got talent, but it was only Ottawa. And uh uh-huh. <laughs> I was I was beat by a magician. Yeah and it wasn't um, that must sting. No, no, no. The, ma- the magician was great. This is this is where I get a little browned off about the entire thing. His assistant was his wife, and he was doing the Houdini water in the milk can escape trick. So padlocks mm-hmm. on the outside, dips himself down. First of all, the fact that he was skinny enough. What he's got an eighteen inch waist. He can go into a milk can. Fuck him. Uh, so uh, uh, <laughs> so then they put the curtain over it and. To your point of the patter is imp- is important. She was counting down. He has two minutes of air, right? She's not an actor. She's not an actor. She is no. She is not Meryl streeping her way through this. So uh, as the time she is doesn't counting, want to be there at all. No, I, I don't know what she wants. It isn't this because this is this is literal. I am I am not making this up. This is frame for frame, shot by shot, uh, reproduction of what she was doing. As the time is like fifteen seconds left. Is oh no. His air is running out. Quickly, lift up the curtain. We have to open it. And then he's sitting on top, soaked, you know, in the in the thing. Right. And it's just like, really? Like, you know, I'm on my third set. I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel for material because I'm only a few years in. I'm like. Right. You only have two minutes of air left. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and this, this bad act acting nonsense this is what throws me okay but no um did you I blame the judges i do i do did you yeah. see, did you see the illusionists when they toured through
1: i saw yeah i i was actually doing a run in australia when okay. they were at the sydney opera house so i had a bunch of buddies who were a couple of buddies who were in the show at that time and i right. saw it and they put on a great show the i mean that became a real phenomenon
0: how much are you into into like um uh, magical history i'm uh i'm um you... I'm I'm i consider myself a um, when they did uh, just, uh, I'm, I'm sure they did on this tour as well. They reproduced the Houdini, um, water, uh, water escape mm-hmm. and they did the it. Torture through, cell. Yeah. With the plex. but they did it with the plexiglass and mm-hmm. broke down how it was done and to show sort of like how it was, uh, manufactured. And like, so you're, you're able to see exactly how it's going to do. So now it's not the trick. That's the thing. It's how can he do it in time and like, you know, with the, with the paper clip and the, and the whole bit. But this is what struck me about that moment is like, you know, as they're, they're, they're prepping this guy and he's taking in like the, the air and and doing it for dramatics, but also like, you know, filling your lungs with, with air. There were kids in the audience, like five, six year olds in the audience, right? When he's getting ready, you, you could hear the air conditioning kick in. Like it, like, it was silent. Like every child was met. everyone's mesmerized by this thing. And through the entire thing, you can you can hear and you can see him thrashing about, which again, maybe you know, histrionics and a little bit of theatrics. But for sure, like, you know, there's an urgency to this. and yes. and it was it was great to watch. It was great to see sort of like this historical piece that was also, very, uh, uh, basically, a dramatization of of, of something is very historical in, in the in the world of magic, but also is entertaining and and has heft to it itself, which which is I, I thought like like when he was done, like there was a huge relief by everyone. And as we were walking out of theater, I went that's the best thing I've ever seen in my life because it was it that's had great. historical context, but like it it did what magic should do, which is enrapture everyone, right?
1: And it sounds like it it also did what in modern times it feels a little more respectful to the audience is it lets you in on, listen, you, you know, he's not going to get out with magic. So here's what we're, here's what's going to happen. He's going to swallow a key or he's going to have a pick hidden here. You know, he's got to do this hard thing, you know, Houdini would raise the curtain, you Mm -hmm. know, you wouldn't know what he's doing back there. right? Right. It's kind of mysterious. So it's nice that they kind of let you in. I think these, in these days, since the, you know, and every, every secret is answered at our fingertips. It's nice to at least, let people in on it so they feel like uh, they can respect what's happening a little
0: bit more. Right. The, the other thing that I, that I find, and, and and you are, you are a testament to this. And, and, and I think Penn and Teller kind of like did the kind of really kind of, uh, uh, kind of made it more popular, popularized it was the, we're going to show you how this is done. But then mm-hmm. there's that little fuck you of here's something you don't know how it's done. And that's, is, is, is like the, the balloon, Card trick with Conan. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, right? yeah. Exactly. Where
0: it, it, it's like a perfect example of this to go, let me show you how this is done, bam, bam, bam. And then suddenly, oh fuck you, now the card's in the balloon. It's like gorgeous. I love that
1: right. recipe. And I in my act, I mean, I kind of recycle that
0: mm-hmm. several times, you know,
1: where it's either that or or it looks like I genuinely mm-hmm. messed up or something goes wrong, and obviously you save the day. Mm-hmm. Uh I feel like that. I mean, because we all know it's a trick. So at least, you know, make us think that we're it that we know a little more inside baseball than we are supposed to. And then still, obviously you want to still have that extra fooling element yep. at the end, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, they were, they were fantastic at that, you know, and they, it was crazy. They caught a lot of flack, like in their earlier days, like, cause they would re, you know, re, do the cups and balls, but with clear cups, you know, and right. they would invent tricks that they would reveal, you know, and magicians were, ju- magicians were protesting. Mm-hmm. Like nothing's better for press and having a bunch of magicians <laughs> right. protest your show, right? Uh, and na- so they were the bad boys of magic, who were like, you know, blackballed, you know, and uh, and now they're, you know, Penn and Teller fool us. They're kind of like the most respected mm-hmm. magic, you know, minds. So right. it's funny how magicians it takes them a while to adapt to somebody doing magic in a new way. Mm-hmm. You know, like even Copperfield when he came on the scene. You know, and he's got choreography and dancers and the sex appeal, you know, and he's not wearing a tux or sequins. Magicians are like, who's this guy? You know, right. David Blaine, when he came on the scene, he's just a dude in the T-shirt on the street, mm-hmm. you know, and he's doing, a, you know, the bite, bite coin trick that you can buy in a magic shop. But he's doing it in a way that convinces these people that he actually has some sort of dark art power, you know. It took magicians a long time, Mm -hmm. and now he's the goat. You know, he's the greatest. So uh, magicians are slow to recognize when someone is changing the game.
0: Mm -hmm. I think. I think we're we're all saying the same thing. We all hate David Blaine. I think we're all saying that. (laughs) Yes. It's like, (laughs) trust me, I am captivated every single time someone slices open a lime and their card is inside. Like, yeah, blows me away. Yeah. Funny you mention, like, like when. uh, when Penn and Teller were started, started to you know you know peel away the uh, the the facades to to things, the comedic equivalent of that is Bob Hope because okay he was the bridge from vaudeville to radio. Mm. So vaudeville you the only place you could see vaudeville was in the theaters and the touring comics. There was a, an understanding that these are the jokes that we have and you just tour them from place to place to place. And you you know kind of. It's like that prison joke of like eighteen forty-seven. Like you just like build your set list that way and 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 do it. And then he was the first one to go and do jokes on radio, and all the other vaudeville comics went, "Wait a goddamn minute! I was supposed to use that. Now I can't because it was burned right. on the radio yeah, and you're everyone's broadcasting
1: heard it, it to a thousand times
0: as many people." Right? Yeah. 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 What um that's is interesting? Is there a particular a trick of yours that's your favorite? Like what? Like like of the ones that you just sit there and you go, I can't wait to get to this one.
1: Oh, in my live show, yeah. Yeah. I mean, often it's the the newest one that Mm -hmm. I'm kind of most excited about. You know, okay. But uh, my, uh, you know, my opener is kind of similar to that clear balloon Conan thing, where Mm -hmm. I, you know, have a box on stage and I have somebody chosen randomly, and I they tell me the name of their first crush as Mm -hmm. a kid. And maybe they say, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. Rosie Davis. Mm -hmm. Okay, no way I could have known that. No. And I open the box and there's a sheet of paper that says Rosie Davis. Right. And people are like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. And then I reveal, guys, there's a printer in the box, you know? And they're like, ah, of course, Uh," right? And so it feels like, you know, it's a satisfying, that's how Mm -hmm. you did it. And kind of once that has settled, I pick up the printer and I crush it it's made of paper. It wasn't a printer at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love doing that cause it kind of <laughs> sets that tone right off the bat that, you know, uh, I can't be trusted entirely. I'm going to tell you the, the truth, a believable truth, but also I might be lying about that. And, and, uh, you know, s- sit forward in your chair instead of sit back, you know, cause there's twists and turns. I do, I I, I love bits like that. Right. Um, Normally the newest thing in the show, the one that's giving me those, you know, butterflies and nerves is the one that I'm so excited to do because there's, you know, like you're, when you're doing a bit long enough and, you know, you polish it up and it gets to the point where you're like, I shouldn't mess with this anymore. It mm-hmm. is tight. It's killing, you know? Right. Then uh, it's it's fun to keep doing that and find the little details. But, but I love getting a bit to that point, you right. know? And those are often the things I'm excited to do.
0: Mm-hmm. The um, yeah. it, so it's again like the parallels to comedy like the, the three things I find are so similar in talking with people who are like the experts in their craft comedy magicians and, and chefs mm. chefs are exactly mm-hmm. the same and like you know when, when when I talk with talk with a chef it's always like it's exactly what you describe it's like I can't wait to try this in front of people. You know, and they will find a way to work it out in the rooms, which is like, you know, give Mm -hmm. it to their wife or their partner and go, okay, what do you think? It's like, ah, it's too acid, too acidic or like whatever. So then they go and like refine it and then it becomes the dish that that is the thing. Exactly. Speaking of performative and performances, um, was there ever a night that uh, because I'm just on the back of like having headlined the the club here in Ottawa. Um, Ever have a really bad night? Like, what, is a, what, is a, what does a bomb feel like in Magic? Like, what's what's that?
1: I was just talking to someone about this recently. It's like, um, for me, the, you know, like, if I'm playing to doing a theater or a club where people are coming to see me, you know, like, I, I really have to have a lot go south for it to feel like a bomb, you know what I mean? Because, you know, or or I'm doing... All new stuff and you know it's just not polished i think the closest i get to a bomb at least where i walk up stage going like please let's go out the back door <laughs> see people again is like sometimes a corporate where it's yes. just it's just set up against you you know oh. there's a dance floor between you the stage and the audience oh. or you know the sound system isn't loud enough so the people in the back they just grow in conversation and chatter and you just you, you know, because when that happens, the people in the front feel like, I guess maybe, maybe this isn't as, maybe this isn't as good. What are we missing out on back there? You know, like some, I've had some corporates and you never know till you walk out on stage, like just the other night I did one and I, I thought this is going to be rough. Maybe can I do less time? And it turned out to be great just because they were good people and they weren't too drunk yet. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when they are a little more drunk or, you know, basically you're crashing their party, they all know each other. They're, they've got camaraderie team and chemistry and you're kind of this new guy who's there as a magician often, you know, some people take it as a, you know, this guy's here to fool us, to challenge us, you know, this guy thinks he's smarter than us. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's the, uh, you know, the frat bro, the frat bro mentality like the the you know i guess slightly more insecure in ones iq and uh you know uh just just insecure in general they they treat magic like a threat right. versus entertainment so i've had some corporates where i feel like god that was that was rough you right. know and and if i have to do an hour at a corporate you know anytime they book you for an hour it's mm-hmm. like you don't want an hour. No, you want forty-five <laughs> tops. Yes, because they're just waiting. Especially if I if I request that they close the bar during my show, because you know you don't need glasses clanking. Right, everyone's just itching to like, yo, know, <laughs> let's get let's get a drink happening. Uh, so those can be tough. Yeah.
0: So in the warring battle of magicians versus comedians, if we were two warring factions of Viking tribes when you describe the experience of the corporate, this is where I would drop my shield and sword and hug you with my <laughs> horned helmet and go, we are brothers now. Yes. <laughs> it is. I mean,
1: I will say like as a magician, you know, if, if the jokes are bombing, it's just not hitting, they don't get it. They don't get what I like, you know, hopefully the tricks still land with amazement, you know, <laughs> like maybe there's something that goes wrong. Like I've, I, I've done a lot of corporates for like Silicon Valley mm-hmm. tech folks who oh. maybe don't know how to behave like an audience and <laughs> clap and laugh. They're, uh-huh. they're very much just like, after I do a trick, then they're kind of like, okay, so I think he, I think he went up his sleeve. <laughs> right, or, you yeah. know, like they break into a little side chatter mm-hmm. in front of me, you know, yeah. and that's just, it's, I guess, you know, that's, it's just, you feel more like a court jester mm-hmm. than, than yeah. like, you know, a headliner. You, but, uh, but I'm
0: sure you've been there. You describe my Sunday show. You describe my Sunday. Everyone's enjoying it, including two very drunk girls up front who decided to have a discussion about every topic point of every joke that I made. There you go. Right. It's just, exactly. There's no. The, the, They're the,
1: having a podcast. Correct. In the front yes. Road, yes.
0: yes. The, yeah. you know, the art form may change in front on, on the stage, but the audience remains the same. It's it's wonderfully yes. here. It's wonderful here. Um, one of the things I love, uh, talk us through kind of magic for humans, which is still available, obviously, so people can yes. go watch it. Um, I loved it. And it, one of the things I loved about it was just watching you go about the construction of things, you know, like mm-hmm. like walk us like walk us through like sort of like how this all came, to, how it all came to be.
1: Well, you know, I had a couple failed pilots with Comedy Central mm-hmm. where I felt like it got really close, you know, and in, in, in uh, you know, one was like a. Chappelle show type format, me in front of a live audience doing mm-hmm. a trick that then sets up a bit that we toss to a clip and tag it back in the audience. And, you know, I really liked that because it was kind of a hybrid of my strength that I like, you know, my, my safe space of being on stage in front of a crowd, but also a field piece where I'm doing magic for high people at a dispensary or, you know, doing magic for kid geniuses or whatever, you know, those field pieces. Yeah. Um, so Magic for Humans was kind of the the pieces picked up the pieces that at least worked from those failed pilots discarded the stuff that I could tell just, you know, didn't land right. And, uh, created the show where I, you know, each episode explores a different theme. I find it's much easier to write material when you're given some parameters, you know, love. Okay. Oh, great. So we could talk about this, 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 as opposed to anything. Okay. (laughs) Uh, anything, you know, it's so hard. So giving, giving, uh, me and my, you know, creative team, uh, some lines to draw in was really really helpful, and then it was fun just to go like recreate social experiments, but add a magic twist, or right. kind of explore subcultures or fads that most people hadn't heard of, goat yoga, uh, cryotherapy, rage rooms, you know, and figure out how to add a little magic thing into this. So it feels like you're kind of you're 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 learning, you know, mm-hmm. you're kind of dipping into this new world, but then you get to be on board at least with you're you're in the know that justin this guy's a magician's got a trick up his sleeve but the people there don't know right you know what's he gonna do right. so i haven't told them that, I'm, I'm not exposing the trick i'm about to do to these people you know like the water torture cell thing but uh but the viewers kind of don't feel like they're getting they're, they're living vicariously through the the people who are there live you know and i i i love doing that i love doing magic you know, segments mm-hmm. with kids, especially yes. kids are really good at quickly forgetting that there's a camera, <laughs> <and> behaving, <laughs> behaving normal, you know? Yeah. Uh, whereas adults are, you know, like, it's very, it's very hard to get people to forget about the fact that there's like a giant person holding a giant camera <laughs> or three people. And so they're kind of thinking about how they should be mm-hmm. acting yeah. and behaving right. as opposed to just being a normal, real person. Exactly. Uh, So we did three seasons of that show, and then I just finished shooting uh, over the past two years a new show for Netflix. It's called The Magic Prank Show. Okay. And it's uh, basically, in Magic for Humans, I did magic for people who knew I was a magician. Right. uh, Which is a, a, a minute detail, you'd think, but it's an important contextual difference, right? Like if I saw somebody in half on stage and they know I'm a magician, people clap, right? But if I saw somebody in half in the middle of a Home Depot, Correct. And it's just I'm just a dude. Mm-hmm. People are going to call the cops, right? Right. Yeah. 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 So uh, you know, and and doing a hidden camera show with magic, it's, it's very fun seeing. You know, obviously seeing how people react to unreal things happening in their real life when they don't know that they're being filmed is right. is, is good good TV. But we did pranks that were all kind of karmically justified like Mm -hmm. helping helping someone get back at someone in the past for something they did so it it doesn't have that icky feeling that you might feel after a prank show like right it was funny but those poor people Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) i I don't want anyone to think about those poor people in this case so that's been that's exciting that's coming out april 1st beautiful excited for people to see that and um yeah i just love i love the idea of doing magic about a thing as opposed to just doing magic for magic's Mm -hmm. sake you know um you know, cause the, you know, a trick can stand on its own. A great trick can stand on its own, but it's a missed opportunity. If it doesn't leave people with something to chew on about what that trick was about, like, what was he, well, uh, I think, I think he was trying to say this. So, you know, that made me, you know, if it's an emotional trick, you know, that reminded me of my mom or like, I'm going to call my dad, you know, like so, something like that, I feel like helps people resonate with what you're doing a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the, the, those are always what I'm looking for.
0: The, yeah, the amount of investment that was increased and amplified during the episodes was really great. And I thought it was it was wonderful oh, ha- sort of having that sort of that anchor, like this is what we're going to build the piece on. And, and it was great. Um, before we get to the joke, did they tell you oh, you yeah. had to do a joke? Yeah, okay, did. good, good. The uh, Let's let's talk about the tour briefly. You're on tour right now. There's two Canadian dates uh, that people yes, can are. get a hold of. Vancouver as part of JFL, the Vogue Theatre, that's on February 19th. Indeed. Yep. Excited and then, to be back there. And then um, the reason that you're here is uh, uh, the good people at Fallsview put kind of put us together. You're at the Avalon Theater there February 24th. Can't wait. And then a whole bunch Cannot of places wait. in the States. So if you live in the States. A whole bunch of
1: states. I know. I need to get to Montreal there.
0: again. I need
1: to get to Toronto. Mm-hmm. I need to get to Ottawa. Yeah. I used to do a corporate up in Fort McMurray every winter. <laughs> oh, no, Jesus. Uh, and if anyone needs magic in <laughs> oh, the winter, it's Fort McMurray. God. <laughs> Uh, I don't I, necessarily miss those shows, but I do love doing – I, I yeah. always have a great time up in Canada. Yeah, Fort, yeah.
0: Mac, Fort Mac always missed me. I was always getting detoured to Grand Prairie, you know, so. Uh, is that equally – Yep. Equally <laughs> obscure up yep. there? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because, yep. you know, there's two types of people who come to my shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's people who love magic because yes. they love the way it makes them feel, and they don't want to know how the tricks work, right? And then the second group of people are the people the first group brought with them. Right. basically yes. the yeah. magic lo- the plus ones of the yes. magic lovers and they don't like the way magic makes them feel. And in, in the States, you know, there's, there's a lot of those plus ones. Like I right. used to be one, you know, I needed to know how it worked. Mm-hmm. Right. But th- that can be that tough corporate vibe in Canada. I find uh, a lot of magic lovers up. There. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. not as many plus ones. Mm-hmm. People are willing, really, I think uh, Canadians are evolved and comfortable in their own uh, intellectual security to be fooled by a magician and enjoy it as yes. opposed to getting frustrated by it right
0: it's it's more the uh, holy fuck we can have drinks with this guy afterwards but he'll make the tab disappear there mate exactly
1: <laughs>
0: we're, we're now going to uh, allow our guest you uh to tell uh-huh. your favorite street joke um in the interest of time sorry cb inc we'll get to your joke next time we're gonna bring you into the cb inc memorial joke corner he's not dead and uh, if people want to send in their jokes that we'll tell online when we're or tell on the show when we're uh when we have time. Uh it's jokes at com. It can be dirty or clean, no isms, no obias. Um, so uh Justin, go ahead. What's your favorite street joke? Yeah, this is my favorite street joke. So two Catholic priests were
1: driving in a car down the street. Mm-hmm. They see uh cop sirens behind them. They're getting mm-hmm. pulled over. And the cop says, We're looking for two child molesters, and they're like they look at each other and they're like, "We'll do it." <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, gorgeous. So far, it's it's one of my favorite jokes we've got on here. That's
1: um, a, I, I heard David Sedaris' uh,
0: beautiful television version of that joke, and
1: uh, it's it's my quickest. Uh, Quickest thing of a Gorgeous. street um, joke. What uh, you got uh, for me? I'm what gonna. Do you got?
0: I'm gonna do this very quickly, and I am going to do a hat tip to David Acker, who is a, my favorite comedian. Do you know
1: David Acker? Well, and and a brilliant magician.
0: Yes, yes, he is. Yes. he is one of my favorites because he is so different from my act. I get to just take out my brain, let it flop around the tub, and enjoy him. Like I'm not picking apart his bits or anything like that. It's just great. Mm-hmm. So,
1: he does a, he still do? Does he do comedy magic when he performs? Yes, still, in, fact, just, in fact. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, just, just a recently. Legend.
0: I saw him do this trick. So now what I want you to do, Justin, and just, you will know this, but please play along and just pretend, okay? I want you to think of a clock face, okay? And I want you to concentrate deeply on one of the numbers that's on the clock face, okay? Do you have it locked in? Yeah. Okay, so I'm just looking at you. Yep, there's the eyes that I want, okay? And, okay, all right, uh... I think I have it. Justin, what number are you thinking of on the clock face? Three. Three. Huh. Well, look at that. Huh. (laughs) Wow. That's good. Pretty good. That's that's nailed that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's hilarious. Love it. Um, and what I love is that uh, unknowingly, I set you up for a pretty good out where you didn't have correctly. to do an angle on the pad.
0: Exactly. It's like, you know, My <laughs> favorite Actually, is Land when, is 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 when David tip. is just going, uh, uh, uh-huh. uh. That's great. Um, That's Justin, great. thank you so much for taking time with us.
1: Thank you, guys. This was a joy.
0: Thanks for listening to OK So Here's One, a podcast celebrating street jokes. And thank you to Justin for not only being an awesome magician, but having a hilarious joke. Absolutely wonderful. You can find him on Instagram at Justin Willman and make sure you check out Uh, his uh, website justinwillman.com for his North American tour dates which include the Vogue Theatre in Vancouver on February 19th and the Avalon Theatre in Fallsview Casino in Niagara Falls February 24th again there's a link in the show notes for you to grab tickets there Uh, you can find 23 seasons of our previous podcast Comedy Above the Pub that feature many of the guests that you've heard before in previous episodes of this podcast you can find those at comedyabovethepub.com or wherever fine podcasts are available if you like this show please tell your friends and subscribe. Leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. And uh, we ask to do it just like the old days of Cat P. Leave a five-star review, but talk shit about us in the commentary. Five stars. Talk shit about us. In the commentary. The show is produced by Darcy Finder. Our music is done by Larry Bryant. Artwork is done by Wojtek Arkashwski. And if you have a joke you want us to tell, you can send it in, and it can be dirty or clean, just not racist, homophobic, sexist, or transphobic or xenophobic, or as we say, no isms, no obias. Send it to jokes at oshopod.com That's jokes at oshopod.com. That stands for okay, so here's one pod. Um, send any comments or questions about the show to show at oshowpod.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Blue Sky, and TikTok at oshowpod. And you can follow me personally on the same platforms at heyitstva underscore for Instagram don't ask. For my upcoming live performances, including write 'em up at the end of the month, February 29th at Absolute Comedy in Ottawa, hatesTVA.com hey, slash calendar. You can join our Patreon for $3 a month. You can get the full, raw, unedited video feed plus bonus perks and jokes at patreon.com slash oshowpod. I'm Tavin Allen. On behalf of Justin, the no longer erstwhile Darcy and myself, thanks for listening to Okay, So Here's One, Jibby, Bobby, and Monty, You Are Always the Podcasts.